I'm going to read one passage of Scripture. I'm looking for something here. Um, John 11, I'm going to read one verse, and that verse will be verse 43. I've titled this message today, How Will You Come Out? How Will You Come Out? I'm thankful for the word that Brother Russell preached last Sunday morning and Sister Michaela. Sunday night we had folks give their life to the Lord. Um... God just really, really moved last Sunday. It was just beautiful, beautiful services. We just thank the Lord for all that he's done and has been doing. How will you come out? John 11 verse 43 says, And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The NIV translation and the New Living translation says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. Lord, I pray for the next few moments, God, that you would anoint my life. Lord, as a shepherd, God, I pray that you would anoint my life as your son. And I pray, Lord, for an anointing to fall upon every heart, Lord, that is here, that is gathered that has joined themselves, Lord, with your body here today. And I pray, God, that you would deal with us. I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord. I pray that you would encourage us. But, Lord, I pray that you would also speak truth to us. And, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in this season. And we thank you for what you're going to do in this next season. And, Lord, we just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. As we begin to look at life and, you know, everybody says, I'm ready to get back to the new normal. I, I don't know. I've never been normal myself, so I don't know what a new normal looks like. I've just always been messed up, and I just found that I need the grace of God more than ever. Amen? So I really don't know what new normal looks like. I can tell you normal scares me, and I can tell you that new normal really scares me because people were content with normal before, and now we're going to grow content with a new normal. And so many times we try to form and fashion this gospel, and we try to make it fit our lives instead of taking the Word of God in this gospel and making our lives fit what this is. Amen. I can tell you the greatest purpose in the Word of God is to be to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Amen. And I can tell you in order to get to that level, in order to get to that place to be conformed like Jesus, let me tell you what it's going to take to get there. It's going to take people hating you. It's going to take people lying on you. It's going to take people looking at you, telling you they don't trust you. It's going to take some abuse. It's going to take some abandonment. But let me tell you, I don't know if that fits into the new normal that the world is talking about that we're about to get back to. Amen. I I can tell you what I believe that the heart of God is, is that we don't lose sight of what Jesus has done to us and spoke to us and allowed us to hear from us in this season that we have been in, being shut up, being shut away, and just having to find our place back at the foot of the cross. I don't want to lose some things that Jesus has done in my heart. I don't want to forsake those things now that blessings may begin to come. Has that not been the issue from the beginning of the word all the way into the end? When blessings begin to come, we have a tendency to forget God. When blessings, what does he say in Deuteronomy chapter 8? He said, you become fat. He said, and you forgot and you forsake the Lord our God. 
They forgot all that God had done when he delivered them out of Egyptian bondage. He forgot all that God had done. I can tell you that Jesus has done some neat things in this last season of our lives. Amen. I know that us as a family, have we been perfect? No, but there's been some things that God has dealt with us on, convicted us on. And there's been times we've had communion in our home. We've had communion with friends. We've taken communion at different times. And I can tell you, when you put your yourself before the blood of Jesus and his broken body. It changes the atmosphere of everything in our life. How many of you have said that God has done different things and some new things and you say I'm afraid to get back to new normal? Anybody? Amen. Because it's been great what God has done. Amen. And so here is my question. How will we come out now that they're talking about the world opening back up, the state opening it back up, and there will be phases. I wonder will there be phases with us as the church. And so my question to you and I today is, how are we going to come out of this pandemic? How will you and I come out of this season? I can tell you Jesus showed up to the tomb of Lazarus after he had been dead for four days. And can I tell you Lazarus had been in there, and they said at this time that he stinketh. Amen. And But let me tell you, he was shut away. He was down in the depths. But can I tell you, when Jesus showed up and he said, Lazarus, today is your day to come out. Can I tell you, everything was about to change. Can I tell you, I believe that we've been kind of like Lazarus. We've been kind of tucked away. Amen. I said, God's been doing some things. And Jesus knew exactly what he was about to do. The Bible said he stayed where he was at for two more days. And so Jesus knew Mary and Martha was a mess. And they came to Jesus. Jesus saying, if you'd only been here, our brother Lazarus would not have died. But Jesus knew exactly what his intentions were. And the day Jesus showed up, he said, Lazarus, come out of that grave. He called him by name. And I believe that you and I, that Jesus is calling our name. I believe we've been tucked away for a season. Verse 44 goes on to say, and he that was dead came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face with bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. I wonder how many of us are going to come out of this pandemic bound up just like Lazarus was. When Jesus began to call his name, instead of being loosed and free, how many of us are going to come out more bound? Oh, there's some under the sound of my voice. You're more bound today than you were the day you went in this. You hadn't agreed with anything. Some of us are bound up with all kinds of things. So how many of you will be bound up on the other side of this? And as we look to come out, I'm looking at some of you. Some of you, your hearts, you're bound up right now this morning. I believe that. The Holy Ghost told me yesterday. He said, I'm calling people forth and I'm calling them out and I'm ready for the church to be bolder than ever before. He said, but Jared, you've got to address. There are some people that are bound hand and foot and they're not worshiping me the way they were before. They're not lifting up their hands. Their vision is not clear. They can't speak for God the way they did before. Some of us have allowed this season to put bondages on us instead of being free. Lazarus come forth and he that was dead, the season he was in was now over. The four days of death was now over. Lazarus is coming out, but as he comes out, he's bound, hand and foot. Now listen to me. The Jewish people took the burial of the dead quite seriously. It was the way a community paid its last respects to the one who died. The scripture laid down quite firmly that no dead body was to be left unburied, even that one of its worst enemies. Perhaps one of the stronger horrors that a Jewish person could imagine was stated in Psalm 78. They have thrown the bodies of thy servants as food for the birds of heaven. Wild beasts feast on the corpses of the just. The dead, therefore, had a right to ceremonial care. As soon as a person was dead, his eyes were to be closed and he was to be kissed with love, his body was to be washed. In this washing, the body was anointed with perfumes. Nard was the most usual of these, but myrrh and aloes were also used. By the time of Christ, the custom was that the body was elaborately wrapped in a shroud 
and the face was covered with a special cloth called a sudarium. The hands and feet were tied with strips of cloth. Let me tell you, some of you is more bound now because you already had. Are you hearing me? Some of you already had things being prepared. Some of you already had bitter things before this pandemic came. Some of you had already began the process before this season of being tucked away ever began. You see, this burial of the grave clothes and having been bound hand and foot didn't start whenever he died, but it started in the, it started before Jesus showed up four days later. Amen. It said once this was done, relatives and friends could come to the home to say goodbye to the deceased for the last time. All of this happened in a very short order. Burial usually followed within eight hours of death. In such a hot climate, burial could not be delayed. So listen to me. Many of us, if we come out more bound on the other side, Lazarus came forth. He came out bound hand and foot. But the grave clothes happened before the fourth day before Jesus came. Before Jesus came and called him out, the grave clothes had already been put in. Let me tell you, the enemy had already begun to put grave clothes on some of you before the pandemic ever started. You see, Jesus never told them to put the grave clothes on them. Jesus had already told them, I am the resurrection and the life. And so Jesus knew what he was going to do. And that's why Jesus looked to them and said, you lose him and let him go. I didn't tell you put grave clothes on him. Let me tell you, Jesus hadn't told you and I to get involved in some things that we've got involved in. And so what's Jesus going to do? He's going to tell you, loose him and let him go. I didn't tell you to do that to begin with. Are you with me? I didn't tell you to put them grave clothes on to begin with. Some of us has got all tangled up and wrapped up in things that have affected our worship before uh, two months ago, before the pandemic, before this virus, and now we're coming out on the other side more bound than we were when we went in. Jesus desires to loose us and let us go. Let me ask you, what things have you been entangled with? I guarantee you a lot of people that went and got entangled with debt and now finances are a problem. Jesus is saying, I never told you to go do that. Now you're worse off now that I'm fixing to call you out. I want to send you on a mission trip now that it's time to come out. But because you're so bound up, you can't even worship me. You can't go now because you give in to some things that I didn't ever tell you to do. Some of us are going to come out more bound than we went in. Brother Chris teaches a great financial class about getting free from debt. Well, we say, well, that don't apply to me. Well, when something like this hits the world, does it apply to all of us? <laughs> you see, some of us go in, now you're losing your jobs. Now finances are a problem. Now the world has hit an all-time low. Now Jesus is trying to send us out, but we can't go. We're more bound. He came out bound hand and foot. Are you hearing me this morning? Sometimes we get tied to things before things like this ever take occurrence in our lives. And Jesus said, now I'm ready to bring you out. I'm ready for you to live. I'm ready to set you in the house and you be a testimony for me. But I can't use you because you're bound up. How will we come out? Are we going to come out more bound than we went in? I ask you this this morning. Are some of you more bound up this morning? Boy, I can feel at times. Man, I'm ready just for the Holy Ghost to rain down and just, just destroy every wicked thing. Grave clothes is nothing to my God. But sometimes, Jesus, don't expect Him to come take them off of you. Because he didn't put them on you. Your family may have helped you get tangled up with that stuff. So he may point to your husband or wife or children and say, get that off of them. You may have to work together to get some things off and undo some things that you did that Jesus didn't tell you to do. Are you with me? We get all tangled up in stuff. We wonder why we're not seeing clearly this morning. Listen, it's hard for me to tell, but I trust the Holy Ghost. Some of us aren't seeing with clear vision today in the things that are spiritual. Many of us aren't seeing clearly 
I can tell you why. Because you allow things to be put around your eyes. The visions and the, and the convictions, we're not convicted about them. Your, your praise has, has changed. He said he's bound hand and foot. You're not really worshiping the Lord like you were. I promise you, I don't need a building to make my hands go up. I don't need a man to make my hands go up. I don't need a, a good musician to make my hands go up. I don't need a good preacher to make my hands go up. I don't need somebody to tell me when to speak in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I can feel the Holy Ghost right now, but I felt him yesterday when I wasn't in a church house, when I wasn't in a church building, when there wasn't no preacher around, when there wasn't no singer around. I felt the Holy Ghost come upon my life, and I began to speak in other tongues. It didn't matter where I was at. Amen. I felt the Holy Ghost, and I thank God we don't have to be pumped or primed up when he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. But I can tell, when I felt the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came upon me. He said, Jared, he said, proclaim to those people, how will they come out? Some are going to come out more bound. God, God desires to restore and renew, but the enemy has fought. The enemy has lied, and the enemy has put grave clothes around your eyes, around your head, and around your hands, and around your feet. How will we come out? Let me tell you things you rejected on the other side. If you continue to reject on this side, well, church wasn't important then, is it now? If it's not, you'll be more bound. Because I believe with every fiber of my being, this is all the working of the grace of God to get our attention. It's all the workings of the grace of God. Did God cause this? Did God create this? The, the, Isaiah said God created light and dark. God's the maker of all things. God will do whatever he's got to do to turn the heart of a wayward generation to him. God's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-loving. He's all-enduring. God's everything. He holds the whole world in his hands. You're going to tell me that he can't. He don't know what to do with our lives. Some of your worship is not what it was on the other side of this pandemic. You've been bound. Your hands are tied. Came out bound hand and foot. Some of you is not speaking. What you're, what's coming out of your mouth is bitter. It's bound. That's not what God wants. Some of your walk's different. You're not walking the way you were when you came into this pandemic. How are you going to come out? You're going to come out like this. Your walk was totally different before you was a giant. Before now you're walking like this. You're bound hand and foot. You can't talk. You can't see. You can't walk. You can't worship. Here's how you do it. You think that's what Jesus died for? You think Jesus died for us to be like this in church? Put a fake smile on your face and this is all you're going to do? No, my God, he died for a church to make us free, to worship, to rejoice. Just like he came to the tomb of Lazarus, everybody else was depressed and discouraged. But Jesus said, I'm right on time. Lazarus, come out. I believe Jesus is on the brink of saying to the church, church, GFCC, come out. Hallelujah. But how are we going to come out? You going to come out bound? I can't worship. I can't see. No. If that's the way it's going to be when you come out, who are you going to win to Jesus? They don't nobody want that. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. 
Make it where he can worship again. Make it where he can see again. Make it where he can sing again, preach again. Some of you have allowed some things to cover up your mouth where you can't be and speak who God told you to speak. I'll tell you this. If you come out more bound, it didn't start in the middle of this. It started before it. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. You already started some, allowing somebody to wrap you up before this whole thing started. It didn't happen in the middle of this. What was put on Lazarus when Jesus showed up happened before Jesus showed up. It happened before he was called to come out. Let me tell you what, what's been wrapped around your eyes and your mouth and your hands and your feet, it's just being exposed now in the middle of it. Are you hearing me? The process, the word bound means to bind, to tie, to fasten with chains, to put under heavy obligation. To forbid or prohibit. The process to be bound, it doesn't just happen. It didn't just happen for you to get to the other side of this and Jesus say, come out. And now you're just bound this day. No, no, no. If you come out bound, it started a long time before. You didn't just show up to church today and the preacher preached about being bound and you came to church bound this morning. No, the Holy Ghost is just exposing it now. But little lies, little by little, started before today. Ruth chapter 1, verse 7. says, wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was. The word of God is speaking of Naomi here. Naomi had faced some tough things in Moab. That's reality. She had faced some tough things. But God now was calling Naomi out. Verse 6 said, then she arose and her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. She went forth out of the place where she was, her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her daughters-in-law, Go return each to his mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there not yet any more sons in my womb that, you may, that may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. And if I should... Say, I have hope if I should have an husband also tonight and should also bear sons. Would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. Naomi began to leave this place of Moab where she was at and go back to Bethlehem, which is the house of bread. She heard now there was bread back in Bethlehem. They had left Bethlehem because of a famine, and they went to Moab. And Naomi went through much loss in her life. Sons, husband. Now she's got Ruth, and she's got Orpah. And, and Naomi has nothing left to give at this point but to go back to Bethlehem. And so Naomi begins on this journey back to Bethlehem, and when she comes back to Bethlehem, Ruth said to her, Entreat me to go with you. Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you die, I'll die. 
I'll read that in just a minute. But I love this. Here's what the Bible says. When they began to come out and Ruth went with her and they came back into Bethlehem, the Bible says that the whole place was stirred. They were shaken. And they said, is this Naomi that's back? Y'all remember that story? It says that they were stirred and they said, is this Naomi that's back? What did Naomi say to them? She said, don't call me no more Naomi. She said, but call me Mara. And Mara means bitter. She said, don't call me Naomi. Naomi's name means pleasant. She said, don't call me pleasant. She said, but call me bitter. And I wonder how many of us will come out of the place where we've been. And we not only will come out bound, but we will come out bitter. Naomi came out bitter. Why did Naomi come out bitter? Because she was looking at everything she had lost. Her eyes had begun to look at other things. But her eyes had not seen that she's coming back to Bethlehem. She's coming back to the house of bread that now has bread. And so I wonder how many of us, whenever we came into this season, that our names, that our lives were pleasant but we've allowed little things to creep in from the enemy and cause our lives to be bitter. You know, I thought about any of us. I thought about so many things. I thought about Sister Brooke, and I thought about Misty. They've, they've had family that's in the hospital, and they've not been able to go back into the hospital to see their family. I thought about, man, how terrible is that? Not to be able to visit somebody, lay hands on them, give them a hug, to sit by their bed all night. And I've just been thinking about this and thinking about how easily it could be to get bitter about that. Grow bitter about the season that we've been in. No doubt, Naomi had faced much loss. But God was bringing her out of Moab and back into her hometown. And now she comes to Bethlehem. And, and the village of Bethlehem, they're stirred. And they said, is this Naomi? Is this that woman that is so pleasant? And she said, no, 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 that's not me now. Now I'm bitter. I wonder how many of us have allowed bitterness to take root in our heart. But there's many people that are stirred and that are shaken and that are excited that we're about to come out. But if you're not careful, bitterness will take root over all of that. I don't want to be bitter, but I desire to be better. How many of us desire to be better? Amen? Here's what happened. Ruth chapter 1, verse 19 says, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them and they said, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. We can look at this season that we've been in and just get mad at God and get bitter with God and say, it's just the Lord's done all this. And we can allow it to just make us very bitter if that's what we desire. Or we can choose to look at it and say, you know what? God has put bread back in my house. God has done some supernatural things in my life, in my family, and in the church. Despite the conditions, despite the losses, despite the things that have happened, God's been good to me. God has grown me. God has been faithful. I didn't die in Moab. But now God's made a way to bring me out and bring me back to the place where there was a famine. But now the famine's gone and I get to rejoice and be a part of Bethlehem having bread in the house again. I'm excited. Listen, church, I'm excited more now than probably I've ever been about the church, about being called by God. I can tell you this last week, the last two weeks, my God, it's been tough. People look at you in your face. You know they don't trust what you say. To be abused, to be abandoned, to be threatened. All these things can go on. But you know what? Underneath all of that, you can either allow yourself to get better 
or you can choose to rejoice in the middle of that season and say, but there's bread in the house and I'm not dead in Moab, but I'm coming out and I'm coming out and you better watch out because everything that's happened to me in this season has made me greater with God. It's took me deeper with God. I know that my roots have gone down deeper with God. So devil, hell, you better watch out. We're coming out on the other side. Not bitter, but better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. We have to choose. We have to choose. Naomi choose, chose to be bitter. But I love what Ruth said. <laughs> Ruth said, I'm not giving in to Naomi's stuff. Here's what Ruth said to her. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee, Naomi, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodge, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do to me, and more also, if all but death part thee and me. Ruth said, I'm fixing to make this bitter woman better. Ruth said, I'm fixing to make this bitter woman better. Ruth was the key. Ruth was the key. When Orpah left, Ruth said, I'm going on. So we can choose. In this season, Ruth chose to be better. Entreat me not to leave. It was because of Ruth that they were able to be redeemed. Now listen to me. Nowhere in the story of the book of Ruth was Naomi ever called Mara because Ruth made better what was bitter. Why? Because Ruth was obedient. And because Ruth went to the field where God told her to go. And in that field, she just went to get the leftovers. But Jesus came to give her everything. One simple act of obedience in Ruth's life made a bitter woman better. When Ruth came home with a basket full and the handfuls of blessing, Naomi said, where have you been? I believe in that moment when Ruth came home dragging the handfuls of blessing, the handfuls on purpose, I believe that in that moment, everything that was bitter in Naomi's life left. I choose to believe today that one act of obedience to follow after God, God's going to put us in the right field. I said, God's going to put us in the right field. Don't you dare stay in your bitterness, church. Don't you dare stay in your bitterness. You hear this man today. Don't you dare stay in your bitterness. It will kill you. The Bible says that a bitter root will spring forth and devour many. Because it won't be only you that it kills, but it'll kill everybody that's around you. One act of obedience, Ruth said, Orpah, you may go, but I'm following you, Naomi. Why would I leave you now? And all Ruth did was get up. Once they reached Bethlehem and said, I'm going to go glean the leftovers in the field. I'm going to go glean the leftovers. And that's what she did. But it was in that field to receive leftovers. That Boaz said, you see that woman right there? I got my eye on her. I've had my eye on her the whole time. I heard the way that she pursued after Naomi. And so I know she's only here to get leftovers today, but I want you to take handfuls out of your basket and on purpose put them in hers. Church, I believe we're coming out the other side. And Jesus is waiting to give you and I handfuls on purpose. And I believe we're going to come in contact with many people that have grown bitter. 
but we're going to come dragging our basket full of blessings. <laughs> and they're going to say, well, who's filled you, Billy? Naomi's going to say, oh, yeah, oh, Boaz. He's my kinfolk. God still had a purpose for Naomi. Her life wasn't done. Her calling wasn't done. It's not over. She had allowed bitterness to set in her heart. But when Ruth came in dragging that basket full of sheaves, she said, oh my God, where have you been? I believe that bitter people, we're going to come in contact with them and they're going to see the handfuls on purpose that the Lord has chose to give to you and I. And in that moment, they're going to say, whose field have you been gleaning in? I'm going to say, my God, the devil tried to kill me. The devil tried to put me down, but I got up and I kept going and I went to the right field. I went to Boaz's field. I went to Jesus's field and he just gave me blessing after blessing after blessing and the bitter people are going to say, my God, I got to get to that field too. And bitter people are going to be better. But if you stay bitter, Bitter people flock to bitter people. And they reject better people. I'm not talking about good people. I'm talking about Ruth. Because <laughs> if you're bitter, the last people you want to be around, somebody that's dragging up a handful of purpose. <laughs> I said, if you stay bitter and you want to stay that way, the last person you want to be around, somebody that's dragging up their blessings every day. Well, I keep going to the right field. I, I'm going to go back to the throne. I'm going to keep going back to the cross. And guess what? He's going to keep giving me handfuls on purpose. He's going to keep giving me handfuls on purpose. You want to stay bitter? Fine. I brought the handful of purpose to your house. But I came to bring this blessing to get rid of your bitterness. If you want to stay bitter and reject the blessing, then you do that. But I choose the blessings of God today. I said I choose the blessings of God today. Hallelujah. I choose the blessings of God today. Lord, give Give us handfuls on purpose. Hallelujah. So how will we come out? Will we come out bound hand and foot? Lazarus did. Will we come out of our Moab bitter? Naomi did. Or will we choose to stay close to the Lord? No matter what it cost. Say wherever you die, I die. Wherever you go, I go. I'll, I'll be buried with you. Listen, let me tell you something. It had to break Naomi's heart when Orpah walked off. Naomi told him to leave, but you think that's really what she wanted? No. She had lost everybody else in her life. You think she wanted to go back to Bethlehem alone? No. You think Ruth didn't already see what was in her? Yes, she did. And I believe that's why she knew she was called to stay by Naomi. I'm going where you go. I'm going wherever you go. And I'm going to be a blessing to you. The third thing I want to talk to you about this morning. Brother Ray for Russell, whoever's going to play if you want to come. Listen, you talk about a season. You talk about a season. Genesis 45, verse 1, says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him and cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him. While Joseph made himself known unto his brethren, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. After 22 years of what I would say is probably one of the worst pandemics that a person could go through. Think about the life of Joseph. He didn't do anything. God gave him a dream. 
His father gave him a coat of many colors. The favor of God was upon his life. But because the favor of God was upon his life, and God gave him a dream of the very thing that we just read, guess what? His brothers abused him. They abandoned him. There was false accusations about him. 22 years of separation. 22 years of being on lockdown. 22 years. Let me tell you, I guarantee you the coronavirus has nothing on when your very brothers abandon you. I guarantee you. Whenever Potiphar's wife accuses you of trying to sleep with her and you get thrown in prison, I'll guarantee you there's no sickness that can affect you greater than that. Nobody wants to be lied on. Nobody wants because the favor of God is upon your life. Thrown into a pit. Your very own brothers to abandon you because God gave you a dream. It happens all the time. Because favor's on somebody's life, people throw them into the pit and write them off. We abandon them. We abuse them. We accuse them. 22 years. Joseph had 22 years to form an opinion, to listen to lies of the enemy. 22 years, Joseph now had an opportunity to stand before his brothers. And you know what he could have done? He could have killed them. Wasn't nobody there. But you know what he done? He became broken. I wonder how many of our hearts have became broken during this season. How many of us are genuinely broken sitting here today at the condition of the church, at the condition of wayward children, at the condition of addiction, at the condition of the way that people are treated within the church? Does this break our heart? Are we sitting here today holding on our rights to be right? Wanting to control and govern and navigate everything. 22 years Joseph could have built a defense. And he could have had his way. And all of us would probably say he had a right to do it. Some of us treat people and we say we have a right to do it. But can I tell you Joseph had been with God. And now Joseph gets everybody out of this. And Joseph exposes himself to his brothers. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother. And it said that he was so broken that Pharaoh's house heard him crying. Let me tell you this this morning, church. If you're truly broken, you don't have time to be bound or bitter. You don't have time to be bound or bitter if you're truly broken. The only heart that's bound and bitter is a prideful heart. I'm going to say that again. The only heart that is bound and bitter is a heart full of pride. David, thank you for sharing what you did this morning. I can tell you Tuesday morning I went to that meeting and I didn't know what to say or what to do. I was a disaster. I could feel lies of hell. I could feel the enemy. I could feel tension. And it wasn't nobody had done. You know what it was? We all felt like the biggest failures in the world. The devil had told David, you'll never be used like you were that Sunday night. The devil told Russell, you're no good. Why, don't, why are you even here? The devil told me it was my fault that everybody's this way. Everybody in this church, as soon as we come out, is going to leave. The devil's a liar. But you start picking up on all of these things. It starts causing division and you don't even know it. I told them this. I said, I don't need a devil to help me. I'm my worst own enemy. I don't need the devil. Let me tell you, let me just open your eyes if you don't know this already. But the devil's not going to come to you with little red horns and a pitchfork. <laughs> the devil's going to get in your mind. And he's going to begin to talk. 
He's going to begin to throw accusations at you. Tell you you're worthless. Tell you you're no good. You're a counterfeit. So then all somebody has to do in a human form is to say something to you that you've already agreed to Satan in your mind and now you've just formed the truth on a lie because now a human confirmed what Satan said. I know I'm probably the only one that's ever been there and I'm all right with that. Y'all all looking at me like a cattle staring at a new gate. Y'all are a lot better Christians than I am. I promise you, you're a lot better people than I am. But daily, I have to wage war with those lies. And this week, humans said things to me that reaffirmed what I already think about me in my mind. And so I said, it's got to be true. I might as well just quit everything. Now, that's not what I'm doing. But I'm telling you, in your mind, this is where the battle's won, in your mind. That's the importance of the helmet of salvation. Brother Lamont wasn't even here that day. I called him later on the phone. He said, whew. He said, today's been a day in my mind. I said, really? I don't know if anybody else had that day on Tuesday. But all of hell and his little demons must have just been out. They couldn't have been at your house because they was all at mine. But I can tell you we're prideful people in the flesh. But if you can just take a little bit of your pride and just lay it down at the cross and say, here's where I'm really at. I really feel like you don't like me, much less love me. I really feel like I could just throw in the towel and walk away and just be done with life altogether because I feel like that's what the world wants for me anyway. That's not true. But if you walk with God any time, the enemy's always going to bring opposing accusations to what the truth of God is. And this is the greatest war. This is what wears us out the most. It's not you, it's me. I don't need the devil to beat me down. I got Jared. I'm the biggest devil in my life. But Joseph had just stayed with God. He had been with God in the pit. Praise came by and pulled him out. Potiphar's wife's accusations. He said, throw me in prison if you must. I'm just going to keep walking with God. I'm still going to be who I was in the prison, who I was before. He said, I'm going to interpret dreams. I'm going to speak for God. The same thing I got through in the pit for is the same thing God's fixing to pull me out of the prison for. Let me tell you, what God used in your life before this pandemic, God's going to use in greater measures on the other side of this. God is about to elevate the anointing that is upon your life. Somebody hear that. God is about to elevate the very thing that has cast you into the pit. God is about to call you out of the place where you've been, and He's about to bring elevation to the anointing that is upon your life. king asked for Joseph to interpret his dream God's fixing to bring increase he was broken if we've truly been broken you'll have nothing to say but at the foot of the cross a broken heart can't be bound and a broken heart can't be bitter and lastly, I'll close with this. The desire of Jesus is for you and I to come out bolder. He desires for us to be broken and He desires for us to be bold. Acts chapter 4 verse 32 says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common and with great power. The ESV says, and with great boldness. 
gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Can I tell you that I believe that that is a perfect picture of the church on the other side of what we've been going through. That if there's a need in our life, I'm going to be so broken that what's mine's yours. I'm not going to be selfish, but I'm going to love and I'm going to serve. I'm going to sacrifice for your life. You're going to sacrifice for my life. We're going to be bold. We're going to have great boldness. We're going to have great grace. So today I ask you, how will you come out? Have you been bound? Will you come out bound hand and foot? Will you come out bitter? Or will you come out better? Will you come out broken? Will you come out bold? Hell's fought me through this whole message this morning. Greater than I've been attacked in a long time. But I ask you every one of these questions with all of my heart. Because I believe it is the will of God despite Jared. I believe it's the will of God. You've tied, some of you tied yourself to some things before coming out. That you're not just going to be able to shake loose. It's got your vision covered. It's got your praise bound. Your walk different. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand up. I want you to be bold right now and I want you to come and say, that's been me. I don't want to come out bound, but if I don't get these things off of me, then my life's going to be more bound than it was before. If you've allowed things to cause bitterness in your heart, division, lies of the enemy, If you've allowed bitterness to take root, I want to ask you to come. Just say, Lord, I don't want to be bitter. You believe if God's called you to be a Ruth, to help bitter people better. I want to ask you to come. If you say, I desire to be, I desire to be as David, Lord, a broken and a contrite spirit is what's pleasing to you. Joseph had opportunity to just destroy his brothers. And Pharaoh's house could have heard a murder instead of a broken man of God.